the struggle for most men as they think about living four dimensionally is breaking the inertia of their existing habits. I wrote what I wrote here was live intentionally without the inertia of the everyday life. It's interesting what you said about the inertia portion of it, because if you're not careful, I'll get sucked right back in where I was, you know, then you just kind of shake your head and no, that's not me. You know, that that's not, what is that going to accomplish? You know, and if I'm a person that wants to live that four dimensional life, you can't go there. I've already lost a period of my life. I will lose more by being in that state of mind. I have to be very careful that does not happen because if I don't rebuild it, it will rebuild itself. Welcome to the Four Fires Podcast, where we talk about winning in all four of the essential areas of life. And here's your host, Alan Kemper. Well, welcome. My name is Alan Kemper, and I am your host for the Four Fires Podcast. Today, I am here with my friend, Roger Burdett. Uh, Welcome, Roger. Thank you. Glad to be here. Honored to be here. Yeah. Um, and the topic for today is, uh, is kind of an interesting one. Uh, we put a lot of time thinking about the four fires and the work that we do in all of the arenas of our lives. The whole thing is live intentionally. You know, we, we live intentionally in our professions. We live intentionally in our people fires and our relationships. We live intentionally with our bodies and we live intentionally with our, our purpose, our connectedness to our God. And, as intentional as we may be, you know, many are the plans of a man's heart, you know, at some point, something unexpected happens. So the topic for today, well, we've, we've framed this, what do you do when your life gets wrecked? So uh, Roger, why don't you start off by just giving us an overview of, of who you are, what you do, age, family. Sure. Who is Roger? Yeah, Burnett? like I said, Roger Burdett. Roger Burdett is 57 years old. I I love my family. I have two children from a prior uh, marriage. I lost my oldest son a few years ago, which was another topic altogether in a much different way. But I have an an older daughter. And consequently from that first marriage, I have four grandchildren. Mm -hmm. So I had grandchildren early on. I was like a really young granddad, which is kind of cool at times. My second marriage was to this wonderful woman. Her name's Karima. Uh, We've been married 22 years now, a long time. We have two wonderful children, uh, 16-year-old Zachariah and uh, 14-year-old Priscilla. And uh, we live in a little town called Guyton, Georgia, way out in the sticks. Uh, Well, it was was the sticks. It's growing rapidly now around Rinkin and everything, right outside Savannah, Georgia. Okay. you know, as far as work, I've been an entrepreneur for a long time. I've been an entrepreneur since 2019. Got, I've been into the trucking and logistics business for a long time, even before that. Decided to go out on my own, whether out of necessity or, uh, or, or otherwise. I found myself uh, not wanting to move anymore. And it was either take a job making much less than I was with the prior job or do my own thing and take a chance. Mm-hmm. And I did that. I took a chance and it was tough. And, um, but that paid off. You know, all I wanted to do in the beginning as an entrepreneur was just make a paycheck. Lord, if I could just make a paycheck, I'd be happy, you know, just something around what I was making before. And he took me much further than that, thankfully. And, uh, just had a string of businesses since then. And I, um, I really missed the logistics world, logistics business. 
and five years ago started Podium Logistics and been operating that for five years. It's been quite successful for a small company uh, starting from nothing. I, I kind of like doing that starting from nothing thing. It's grueling for some people, but that's that's what cranks my tractor, so to speak. Yeah, it's doing really well. Um, hobby wise uh, is kind of what got me in the predicament I'm in now. I love to race cars. I love to drive fast. I love to drive on tracks. Uh, I've been doing it for, uh, gosh, 14 years now. I'm an instructor uh, for driver's education events and everything else. Uh, I won't get into that quite yet unless you're right. ready. But uh, I love that's my favorite thing. I love to hunt as well. Um, anything fast is good. But, and hunting slows me down. It's kind of the polar opposite yeah. of the two. But uh, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Yeah. So, um, so tell us about your four dimensional journey and you've, you've had elements of that informally and then, and then kind of form formally, what does that look like for you? Um, as you've evolved as a, as a person? Well, you know, unintentionally I've been looking for balance. Mm -hmm. So I've been hitting those four fires for quite a number of years now trying to achieve some balance. Um, when I met Dr. Alan Kemper, I kind of figured out how to be more intentional in those areas. And, and I guess anything worth doing, someone said, is worth measuring mm -hmm. and measuring that and, and really being purposeful and, and intentional, which I'll probably use the word intentional a lot during this podcast because it means a lot to me and, and a lot of other people, I'm sure. But uh, when I started really looking in those areas, there were, I still needed some balance. I still needed to be have some intentionality in certain areas. I think that, you know, it's hard to have perfect balance in that all the time. There were different areas of the four fires require different things. Uh, and some of them aren't really time-based. Uh, your creator fire is a great example of that. You know, your, your, I guess you coined it as the, the purpose fire. Right. Uh, your relationship with your creator. Sometimes that's not necessarily a time thing, but it's a quality thing. And it's what we're doing in our relationship with the Lord. For me, I'm a Christian guy. So that's, you know, that's a different type of balance, but it's, you have to be intentional to have that time as well. So, you know, working with you over the past year, we're almost known each other a year now. Hmm. I think it's helped me so much as far as my intentionality goes, really looking at these things because they're, they're, they're so important. You know, one without the other is just you're not really living life to the fullest unless you are. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's which, which one do you want to not put energy into? I mean, the answer is right. I need to put energy into all of them. Okay, so um, and I will say when I met you, there are sometimes I walk in and I meet people, and for whatever reason, you know, they have one fire that seems to be burning really, really well, and. And some of the other fires are embers or as one of my clients said, but well, this fire over here, that's a dumpster fire, right? Like, like the, <laughs> but I, when I met you, I did get this general sense of balance, like that you have been for many years. And we say that living four dimensionally is this thing that we do by day and by decade. It is, it is work. Like you don't, you cannot change your destination overnight. You can change your direction overnight, but you cannot I cannot go from Alabama or from Georgia to California in an instant, but I can change my direction in an instant. And so, but you have been walking in these directions for a, for a long time. And when I met you, I thought, man, this guy's already got a lot of stuff, right? And so, so 
then there's this moment in your life. So what I want to talk to you a little bit about is uh, this accident that that happened a couple of months ago. So why don't you give us an overview of what happened as you are practicing your hobby? Yeah. Um, and I'll try not to get emotional, but it really is. Yeah. There's some emotional points to it and you'll see why. But, you know, I love driving cars. I love driving on the track. It's just even more so I love competing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing like competing. I don't even really care what I drive. I just love being out there competing. The camaraderie with the guys is just excellent. Uh, I, I run with a great groups of guys. So there's several groups that I run with. Uh, SCCA, PCA, uh, NASA groups are just a bunch of great guys, and, and it makes it that much more fun. Uh, you know, you're battling out during the during the race, and at the end of the race, everybody's laughing and shaking hands, and you know, and, and thinking of the moves that went before the battles, and, and it's just a lot of fun for me. So I wanted to share that with my son uh, Zachariah, 16, and I found an event that would honor my instructor license that I've had for a number of years, and, and the goal was to have a great day with him on Saturday and Sunday. I'd bought him a helmet, made sure he had the safety gear, the Hans device, one of the things we use for our necks. Uh, the car was a full-fledged race car. It was a Cayman S uh, Porsche and uh, built into a race car. And it was a spec series. I love running spec cars because it's more about the talent than it is the car. There's, you can't really do much with the engine. You got to have certain suspension. Uh, many other things that are just a stock type of an item, a race stock item, but stock. You know, everybody's kind of running essentially the same machine. So you really have to work on your race craft. You have to work on your speed and your times and, uh, and just, you know, work on yourself and the car. The car has to be right, too, in the setup and everything else. But uh, kind of levels the playing field as far right. as the cars go. Anyway, um, I wanted to spend that time with my son and, and that special moments and see if he enjoyed it. You know, so typical day we're out there. He goes to class. We have that. We usually have an early morning meeting and he goes to class and I'm going out to shake down the car. Just want to get some laps in, uh, make sure the car's good and get ready for him. You know, so I did. And I always pray before I go out, you know, just for safety. And it's, it's just a routine thing I always do and I always will do. But that particular day I prayed, I said, Lord, if anything's wrong with this car, what happened with me in it? You know, so I could identify that issue and fix it before we ever got in it. You know, that was the goal. And and I said that prayer, and I really didn't think that much about it, to be honest with you. I got in the car, done my thing, started doing some laps, made some really good laps, actually. I was getting pretty excited. Um, turned some good times for that that model car. Um, I know the track here rolling very well. And uh, that last lap, I came around and hit the brakes in the braking zone. I was going to try to get just a little bit better time. And they locked up and they wouldn't unlock. And the steering wouldn't move. You know, I could steer, but since they were locked, the steering wasn't doing anything. Everything was just in an instant. I was deep in the braking zone on the straight, and that car would do 143 miles an hour, even though it's a lower-powered car, that, that, that type of car. It, that's a long straight, and it can get up to, to very fast speeds. So I had very little time to do anything. So I started pumping the brakes, trying to unlock them, and they, they wouldn't come unlocked. And I was getting nothing in the rear brakes. It wasn't long before I was off the pavement and onto the wet grass mm. and just had nothing. I, I could see a dirt wall, the dirt berm coming up almost instantly, and I hit. And when I hit, it was like a lightning bolt going off of my lower back. It was, the pain, 
I never felt anything like that before. And I've had back surgery before. I've always been athletic, you know, always going after it. And it's hard to do things just a little bit for me. Yeah. I'm bored <laughs> like you. Um, you always want to go. I don't, I don't know. That's just something in us. But it was just the, the pain was so immense. And protocol for that is you stay in the car because there, you know, there's other guys going 140, 150 miles an hour around the track, too. And if they go off, you don't want to be outside the car. Right. I couldn't sit still. First thing I wanted to do was get out of the car. I had to get out of there. I couldn't sit up straight. The pain was just too much. So I ripped the belts off, ripped the Hans and helmet off. I, I don't know where I climb out of the window or I'll open the car door. I don't remember that part. I remember standing up and couldn't stand up and I fell down. And I, I leaned over on my back and I got a little bit of relief in the cold dirt. And I, all I could do from that point was lay there and moan and wait. Wow. It was awful. Wow. So seemed like, a, of course, an eternity before the, the ambulance driver got there. They keep an ambulance on site, thank God. Uh, I got there. They put me on a board because of the spine situation. Nobody knows what's going on. They put me in a neck collar, which I told them I didn't need. I already threw, took my helmet off. The, the safety gear had done, done the work. I just hit it such a hard hit, such high speeds. My insides were just messed up. You know, yeah. I didn't know what was wrong at the time. So they, they get me in the ambulance and I'm like, please, let me see my son before I leave. Hmm. It's hard to breathe, tough time. You know, there's a few times I can hear him on the way in. Roger, stay with us. I don't know where he wanted me not to go into shock or whatever. I had immediate bruising and hmm. I'm on blood thinners also. And hmm. they just, you know, they're like, this could get bad. And it was bad. So they let, let me see Zachariah. got in uh, the back of the ambulance. I just wanted him to see me. And I wanted to see him. And uh, I was like, can he ride with me? And they were like, no, he can't ride with you. We got to go. Hmm. Usually, if it was a routine drive, yeah. But we were going to trauma center. The only trauma center in Savannah is Memorial. Okay. So uh, one of the guys was very gracious uh, that had the was holding the event. And he said, look, I'll be with Zachariah right behind you. I've been on your tail the whole time. He will be there when you get there. All right, great. Thank you. So that was probably the worst 45 minutes of my life mm. <laughs> going there, just hitting every bump. Uh, I said, what can you give me? Have you got something? He said, I've got uh, fentanyl. Mm. He said, I've got fentanyl. I'm like, Ugh, fentanyl, give it to me. <laughs> no. <laughs> no much hesitation there. I needed something. I couldn't even tell he gave it to me. I mean, yeah. just felt every bump. I get there and of course he did bring Zachariah and you kind of, Fast forward through that, and you know, I found out I had three broken vertebrae. Hmm. Uh, I found out later I had a broken tailbone. They didn't tell me that, and, and some other small bones broken in my in my spine, spinal column. Um, but they were just concerned with the vertebrae more than anything else, and the internal bleeding. I had some internal bleeding. They didn't tell me that was going on either. I found that out later because they were kept checking my platelets over the next three days, and I finally inquired on that. He said, "Well, you've had some internal bleeding." I was, I'm like, "What?" It's like, yeah, you, where you think all this bruising and stuff's coming from. It was just immense. I never had pain like that before. Could not put a foot on the floor. They held me for two days waiting on surgery, which I started getting really hungry after <laughs> two days. Uh, I don't know why, because when I finally was able to eat, I could eat two bites and I would just swell up because of the, the stuff going on in my, my organs in that area. And, uh, Finally had the surgery two days later that Monday. I stayed in intensive care and trauma center. It becomes a blur. It was a rough time, man. Stayed in there five days and um, my wife, wow. 
mm-hmm. just I hear her really yeah tough times but she, she's taking care of us and my son was just a rock you know just, mm-hmm. just holding back himself for the sake of my wife mm-hmm. yeah so so how long ago was that from today uh seven weeks today was the surgery okay um <laughs> so yeah so we're, we're really in little little less than two months ago you yeah. you were moving at a high velocity and had a very rapid stop that yeah. shifted the way that life was moving you were headed in one direction because you had your business and you had some some very intentional and directive plans on the physical side and on the professional side that were all of a sudden, at least those two elements, we've had a redirect, right? So there's, and we never think, right? We like, what I don't want us to do in the four fires is for us to get arrogant and think that, I mean, there are a lot of things that we can control. There are a lot of things that we can make good choices about. And then there's some stuff where life just happens. And so as we get like, you will not be the only person on a four dimensional journey that something like this, some event will come around and all of a sudden radically change the direction or the, the outcome that you were expecting in one or more of your fires. So my question is, is what do we, what do we learn as a, as the four fires tribe, as a community of of people who are working to live four dimensionally, what are a couple of lessons that you are, are learning with, and you're still in it, right? Like what are some of the things that you have noticed that have been good, that have been bad mental challenge? Like where, where are you right now? You know, mentally it is rough because you're, you just, used to going all the time and and I like to work. I I love what I do. I love the people that work. So, you know, I guess guess that's the rough part. Everything just came to a halt and it hit, it it affected all fires, all four. I mean, I was just shut down. I felt like I lost a period of my life totally because I just, I couldn't do anything. I mean, literally anything. And it is a a lot of it, thankfully is a blur now, but I I look back on some video that I asked Karima to take at the time, the first shower, Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I did because <laughs> I would have remembered it otherwise. But it was, oh, man, today versus that day, you know, I'm still working embrace at times and still on a walker in the gym. And anytime I'm going any decent distance, you know, I'm trying to wean myself all, off of these things. But, you know, the, the good part of it is to see the people, hmm. you know, the people fire. They came out of the woodwork, man. I tell hmm. you, my neighbor brought over a chair, a, a, a chair, what do they call them? Um, there were some type of recliner that comes all the way up. That's uh, semi-medical recliner that I was right. able to get in. I don't know what I do without that. They brought walker, different types of walkers, just all kinds of stuff. Here you go. Just take it. My church, you know, they were calling other churches that I didn't even go to that were friends of ours and friends of Karima's were bringing meals over. Hmm. And man, it makes me emotional because you don't realize how much gestures like that mean when you're taking care of somebody for 24 seven. Karima was just, I felt so bad for her because I could literally do nothing. I couldn't go to the bathroom by myself. I couldn't take a shower by myself. I couldn't do anything. Zero, yeah. you know, and, and you think you got it all together, you know, and sometimes you're like, 
you know, there is some arrogance in that because you, you know, you feel bulletproof when you, when you accomplish things and the Lord blesses you in these areas and you think you're in control, hmm. but you're not, yeah. you're just not, you know, things can turn on a dime. And, uh, but you know, for, for the good part of that, man, the people were just amazing. You know, you, you know, reaching hmm. out over and over and words of encouragement, man, just all that matters so much, you know, and that really lifted my spirit. Yeah. Through all of this. Yeah, it is. A, it's an interesting idea. Like when we talk about wealth accumulation, um, it's easy to count how many dollars we have in the bank account, but there's a lot of different forms of wealth. And yes. when you make deposits in other people's, you know, in, in your people account, heaven forbid you have to make a withdrawal, but when you do, the funds are there. Um, yeah. And I think that's what you, what you witnessed is that there was some, there was some work and some deposits and then people, and when, when it was time for, when Roger, Roger is a guy who always goes around and helps other people out, whether it be from your role as a, you know, as a councilman or in the community, but when it, in the, the, church, commissioner, yeah. the commissioner, I mean, like when it's time for some, like if there was a need, then all of a sudden people were like, Oh, well, here's an opportunity to give yeah. back to Roger. Yeah, and they did too. The board, you know, brought out this big basket. They're all everybody. Just everybody was so supportive. I was blown away. That's neat. And people I hardly knew, even you know, neighbors that we didn't know that well. Mm. Uh, we knew the ones across the street, but there was other ones that brought a meal and just man, the people are just. I'm I'm just in awe. I really am. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's an important piece. So so coming out of this, right? You you mentioned this idea of. Sometimes we think we're bulletproof until we recognize that we're not. What perspective shifts have you had? Maybe in addition to that, what, what, how has your thinking changed since two months ago? You know, I'm still searching a lot in, in those areas, searching with God to see what messages he'd have for me. The first few weeks there was, you know, I ordered this really great Bible, um, it's a, it's a study Bible by uh, John MacArthur. Hmm. And I'm really enjoying that. But the first few weeks, I was so out of it and so much pain. I couldn't even, you know, my creator fire, just my, my purpose fire just dwindled. Everything did. Yeah. One of the things I think that we say that's important. I had a friend, I've had a friend tell me one time, Alan, you should let life changing experiences be life changing. And so if that's true for you, uh, if you've had now this life changing experience, What's going to change for you? Probably what I value. Some of the things I valued and we, you know, you know, I'm a, I'm a car guy. Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden I really don't care that much mm. that I'm a car guy or cars or things like that. You know, that they, they're just dwindle in comparison with the people in our lives and, the, and what's important, you know, that could have been it for me. You know, what, 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 what kind of impact am I going to leave on, on the world on my, and when I say the world, I mean my small world that I live in, the people around me. And I've always, I can't say I've always in the, in the last few years, I really wanted to be more intentional in those areas, as you know, and, and, and take care of the people around me and have more influence than just have a business. Um, and that's really become profound for me here lately. You know, what, what, how, how far can I take that? How deep can I take that? But really just trying to listen to the Lord. What, what will you have me do? How can I go further than just doing things, but how can I seek your will in everything that I do? That's what I want to do. And that's Proverbs 3, 6, I think, you know, 
in different mm-hmm. translations. But that, that's going to be the big thing for me. You know, what, mm-hmm. what message would, if God has a message in it, you know, things happen. If we're in a fallen world, things happen to us anyway. And that sometimes there's not. Yeah. But I think there's always something we can learn. Yeah. And I'm still kind of looking for that. I don't know what it is yet. Maybe you'll help me figure that out as I go through this journey. But uh, I'm, I'm still, I'm really searching. But I, but I do have different, like you said, different perspectives yeah. on things and, and what I value. Yeah. Yeah. It is. uh, It's interesting. The things that we value in different stages of our lives, right? The things that I cared about when I was in my twenties, I now kind of laugh. Oh my gosh, I spent money on that. Or I, you know, like, um, (laughs) and, and, and it doesn't, it doesn't not to minimize what it meant to me then in that moment, like in that moment, the mountain bike or the, you know, or the, whatever car I had at the moment or whatever I was working hard towards, those were good and important things. And as we move down our path, different things become important, but rarely, I think, do we find that our relationships become less important as we, as we get older, that right. we have these moments, all of a sudden we look around and we're like, oh yeah, it's life is about relationships. So yeah. So one of the things that I've heard and, and this is a, friend of mine shared this with me. We talked about resume moments versus eulogy moments, right? Like fill your life up with like, like nobody's going to talk about what car I drove or what, you know, house I lived in. My kids are never going to talk about what degrees I have. Like when it's, they're going to talk about how I made them feel or how, what did I, you know, the things that I did that, mattered to other people. And those are more of our, those are the moments that brought up when people will remember us. So anytime, anytime we have one of these, like, Oh my gosh, I just about, that could have been, that could have been my last day moment. I think that brings those things into perspective. It does. And there was time periods where I thought it would be. Yeah. So you're two months, you're two months out. This may be, this may be too early to ask this question. But what do you do what it, as you start to think about this next chapter of your life? Where are you going to start putting your next logs? Where are you going to start trying to reclaim? You said your life came to a stop. So you look out into this next chapter. What's the next thing for Roger look like? You know, that's, that's the unique thing about the situation itself. Since everything was shut down completely, hmm. I now have a chance to rebuild my life in the ways that would be hopefully better in line with the will of God and and that I'm hitting on these four fires in the way that I want to hit on them. If I rush to rebuild that and not be purposeful, I might miss something. You know, I might, you know, what does work look like? I'm I'm still kind of easing back into that. I probably, I look back and I actually went to work three weeks after the accident. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, was I nuts? But I woke up Sunday and I told my wife, I'm like, I'm going to work tomorrow. She's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I, I got to go to work tomorrow. I need some kind of normalcy in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm driving as well. Mm-hmm. You can't get in the truck. I'll, say, I'll figure it out. I can get in your truck. I can get in my truck. So mm-hmm. I did. It was tough. Mm-hmm. But you know, th- there's a unique opportunity right now to really re- rebuild my life in the way mm-hmm. it would be um, 
hopefully a little different, more gratifying and, and not so caught up. Because, I, I mean, I'm, you know me and my, my professional fire is something I always burn hot. Yep. You know, and, I, and I do enjoy it a lot. I enjoy the people part of it. I enjoy the, the um, not necessarily really the success part as much as the achievement part of it. I just mm-hmm. like to see it unfold and, and pour into it and see what, what, what will happen. I'm a builder. Yep. I love to build things. Um, and you're a competitor. Like yeah, you, I'm, a, I'm a competitor. Exactly. Yeah. I love to compete. Yeah. But that I may that may change some, and and you know now I'm I've been looking at this stuff for a while. You know, my son's got two two years left in high school. My daughter's not far behind him. What's that, what that's going to look like for us, for my wife and I? And you know, I'm getting older, and you start you know when you hit those double nickels at 55 mm-hmm. years old. You start thinking, okay, I'm on the I'm on the downside of this thing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then you start, you know, am I going to be a 80 year old guy? Am I going to be a 70 year old guy? When I, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. nobody knows that, so you start factoring in that kind of stuff. You gave given me some clarity on that, by the way, and I appreciate yeah. that over the last year. But uh, I really have a unique chance to build that, and I'm working on that. I like, yeah, I really like that perspective of the idea to get to rebuild, like. A, I wrote what I wrote here was live intentionally without the inertia of the everyday life. Like how, how difficult it is the struggle for most men as they think about living four dimensionally is breaking the inertia of their existing habits. And here you are and you get to decide you get to redesign from ground zero and one of the things that I appreciate about you is that there, I don't know that there's an ounce of victim mentality in Roger Burdett. I think that, uh, that you choose an attitude of intentionality. You choose, you know, we win or learn, right? Like, I mean, it's the, so what's next? So where do I go from here? Because it would be easy to get in your head and, uh, fall into the, Oh, poor pitiful me, or I can't, or, um, but, but I think that's part of our intentionality is, is, you know, we talk a lot about choice in the four fires and choice. There's a lot of mental in the choices that we make and can we keep ourselves in the right frame of mind to make ourselves go to the gym, whether that means that we're going to the gym to go run 10 miles on the treadmill or deadlift or to go and do physical therapy so that you can just do the thing that you, you know, like get in the truck and drive across town. It is, it's a mentality piece. And I think that that's one of the things that is so common amongst people who choose to live a four dimensional lifestyle. It is that they've embraced a mentality of owning ownership. And, and so that, I think that's coming through in you, that strength that was probably present for years and years and years. It's interesting what you said about the inertia portion of it, because if you're not careful, I'll get sucked right back in where I was at the same level that I was. It's easy because it's, I mean, that's the easy transition. Just go right back to it. Mm -hmm. You know, you want normalcy, you want something normal in your life. Mm -hmm. So I I have to be, I have to be very careful that does not happen because it can, if I don't rebuild it, it will rebuild itself. Well, that's really, you know, yeah. So yeah, that sounds like a, uh, a good exercise to work some, spend some time, like name it. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, if you yeah. can't clearly see the vision, you probably are not going to hit the target. 
So yeah, how, That's how, right. how clearly can you articulate that? And there was a period where there was some self-pity going on. It's hard, hard not to get a little bit of that because That's you right. just feel so defenseless at times. But, you know, I was able to snap myself back out of it pretty quickly. I'm like, it just came on, you know, mm -hmm. it was there. You know, you sent me some words of encouragement about that. I'm like, yeah, I haven't felt that. I'm pretty good. And like next week, it boom, it hit. You know, like, gosh. Yeah. But, you know, then you just kind of shake your head. And no, that's not me. You that's know, right. that, that's not what is that going to accomplish? That's right. You know, and if I'm a person that wants to live that four dimensional life, you can't go there. Right. You're, you're just you're I've already lost a period of my life. I will lose more by being in that state of mind. Ooh. Yeah. Well, and I, and I, you know, that's that we are designed for community. The cord of three strands is not quickly broken. This idea of we are, we are better when we're together because it's a test that could break one of us can't break all of us. And when we are woven together and we live in community with each other and we lend a hand to our brothers and sisters when they are going through life challenges, like that is there's the, that's the reason that we have a people fire. <laughs> it's because yeah. all of, you know, and we, we don't joke around about the, you know, having real friends that you do life with because joy shared is multiplied and pain shared is divided. And it's just this idea ah, of like, good. like we gotta, we gotta have a tribe of people that we can do life with. You do. And then being like-minded mm -hmm. where we can really, where iron really sharpens iron. We can learn from each other. That, that's a joy right there and, and something we don't see every day. So we have had that opportunity to do so. That's, that's huge, huge. Mm -hmm. I'll tell everybody, and I tell my kids, I said, you don't have to search for the bad stuff. It will come your way every single day. For sure. All the bad information and news and all that stuff that you want, you'll never have to look for. You have to search for the good though. You have to weed it out. You have to sift it. It's hard to find sometimes. Mm -hmm, for sure. Life's better when you find it and you will you'll right. find what you look for. So Roger, uh, what is it, the, the piece of advice that you are from, from what you're learning right now, if part of not the answer, but part of this is to share with someone else who's having a similar situation, who's having a, a calamity of their own, that's different. What are you learning? What can you pass on that's, for the benefit of the four fires tribe coming out of the situation. Don't drive race cars. <laughs> <laughs> Stay out of no, the way. I would say the exactly. <laughs> drive slow automobiles. Um, don't be afraid to lean on your friends and your, and your, your people. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to lean on your tribe. Mm -hmm. It's hard for me to do really. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, you know, it really, cause you just don't, you know, you, you don't want to inconvenience people. Everybody's busy. Everybody's got their own thing. Everybody's got stuff to do. But you know, when you're, when you're the people that care about you, they'll come out of the woodwork and it's okay to lean on them and let it, let mm -hmm. things happen and let them do things for you. They're getting gratification for from that. Don't rob them of that. Mm -hmm. Let them do that. Mm -hmm. The people that care about you, your friends, your family and everybody else, they're going to want to do that for you. So let them do it and, mm -hmm. and be grateful for it. Obviously I'm very grateful, yeah. but, it, but it's okay. And I think you can rob somebody from doing something that, that would gratify them. Hey, I, I was there when you really needed me. Mm -hmm. 
and that, that, that's probably the biggest thing so far for me. It's like okay. That. Yeah. And those are, those are, uh, sometimes hard pillows to swallow for achievers. Yeah. We've, yeah, it is. That's good. That's good life lesson. Well, Roger, thank you so much for, uh, for sharing some of your story for, uh, walking with, with me and with us and our four dimensional journeys together. It is an honor to get to do life with you. I have um, admired you for a long time and I am uh, grateful for the example and the model that you are in the midst of an event that very likely feels like your life is turned upside down, but the attitude and your mentality um, is something that I, I admire greatly. So I appreciate you being online and joining us today. I appreciate you being a part of the tribe. And um, thank you. And you too, man, you're such an inspiration. I'm just, I get gratified just speaking with you. You just, you, you come across as a caring individual. You love people. You care about what you do. You're genuine. Uh, what you're doing is amazing. I love the concept. It's just, you're a great guy, man. I appreciate your friendship and appreciate the nice things you said about me, but very much likewise, admire you greatly. And you've been uh, a blessing to my family as well. You know, they, they try to, <laughs> when, when, when you visit, you, they, they just want to ask you all these questions because you know, they, they, you're full of knowledge. Yeah. So it's, it's fun to get to do life with people. So it is. Well, thank all of you out there in uh, Four Fires Tribe land for, for listening and for participating in, in this podcast. A couple of things to, uh, to be aware of. Uh, there is the Four Fires Tribe. If you are interested in being a part of a community uh, of four-dimensional men who are um, willing to encourage and inspire one another in, in good times and in, in bad times, uh, check out the link in this uh, podcast description to find a way to connect with the Four Fires tribe. So go live intentionally, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode of the Four Fires podcast. Yeah.